0: Minis. The minis.
1: Oh. Minis. Hello everyone and welcome to CGF Minis episode 2 covering week 11 of the Corporate Global Football Dynasty League. I'm co-host Jacob Park
0: and I'm co-host Wyatt Keener. Welcome to the pod.
1: Jake, say, how's your morning been? Oh, I'm glad you asked, Wyatt you allow me to, I'm going to paint you a picture of, of exactly how my morning went this morning. So I woke up uh, today to unexpected snow. It's the first snow we got here uh, in the year in St. Louis. And so I got up, did my usual morning routine, grabbed my coffee, sat down in my my office and looked out at the winter wonderland. So picture this, there's a bridge right below my, my third story window here where the kids in the apartment complex have to walk across to get to the bus stop. Uh-huh. So while I'm sitting here watching them shivering, bundled up, you know, walking out to the bus, I'm sitting in my office enjoying warm coffee and some delicious CGF minis. Just like the surprise snowfall, every handful of CGF minis brings a surprise. If you haven't tried eating them without looking at the crest, I'd highly recommend it. The strawberry, blueberry, or my personal favorite dewberry all pair great with your morning coffee. It was so easy for me to get out of bed even on the coldest of days because I knew I had these minis to look forward to. (laughs)
0: I I, I was asking Jake right before we started recording
1: if it had snowed in St.
0: Louis yet and he told me I had to wait I'm still not sure how much of that story is true (laughs) or not did it really snow in St. Louis this morning
1: yeah everything in the story is true (laughs)
0: okay um also I gotta ask then if you're supposed to look at the crest while eating the CGF minis is dewberry white does it coincide with the white on the shield
1: Mm. that's a good question i think you'll just have to to try them and find out okay (laughs) sounds good
0: uh well i've got my shipment ordered and on the way i got a 24 pack of uh of uh, cgf (laughs) minis 24 boxes 24 boxes yeah ordered in bulk oh you'll be Uh, set for a while yeah well i don't know they're perfectly sized snacks have to imagine they'll be popular here for the holiday season uh how how about we talk about these football games talking about cgf football games
1: sounds good to me let's go ahead and start with maybe a standings rundown do you have that handy yeah if not i do all right
0: yeah so not uh too much change at the bottom of the standings we will go in reverse order um all four of the three and uh, now seven Three and seven teams, excuse me, lost their matchups and no jostling with the uh, points for. So popular ballers remain in 10th, Rocky Mountain Mooses in ninth, Pit Kings in eighth, and Touchdown Abbey in seventh. Again, no changes in sixth, fifth, or fourth as the uh, Matriarchs, Gotham Knights, and Marley Magic all secured a win. The only change of the week happened in second and third place, as the God Kings fell to Marley Magic and fall in the standings to third place, the winner faces move up to second and steady at the top. The Bruce Matthews secure first place and secured 100% a playoff position. Not that it was in any doubt, but now there is absolutely zero way for them to fall out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, according to our playoff odds, I think you might have done the same. I don't know how yeah. much I trust this. I, I know it was well, based I, on simulations, so... I was doing
0: the math and there's four games left. I'm 7 and 3 and the last spot out of the playoffs is 3 and 7. So kind of like William last week if I lost out and one of the 3 and 7 teams won out, it is possible for them to surpass me. Um they'd have to make up ground on points scored, but you have to imagine if I lost out and they won out that they probably would be scoring many more points than me. So it is possible, but if I can win one more game this season, I'll secure a playoff spot as well.
1: Uh, starting to lower. take shape
0: here with four weeks left.
1: Yep. It's starting to, uh, look finalized. I still a chance. I think one of these three and seven teams, um, uh, might break out, but it's yeah. going to be, uh, some things are going to have to go right now. I think to catch the matriarchs.
0: Yeah. It's a, uh, we both predicted that one of those teams would pass up the matrix for that sixth spot. And we were proven wrong very quickly as the matriarchs have done throughout their two plus year history. Now, nearly three year history, uh, I believe in year one they were projected to miss the playoffs do you do you know do you remember I believe that in the main show Hunter and William both had them as a fringe playoff team, maybe even uh, missing the playoffs and then they went out and won the thing you mentioned it last week they have uh just a a resiliency that not many other teams in the cgF do they don't give up they got a track record of winning and they will keep themselves in any uh in any matchup and in any conversation about who's at the top of the league,
1: yeah. And if you're one of the top five teams, you don't want them in the playoffs. Katie, I think, has the uh, the highest playoff knockouts of the, of any other team. She's eliminated three teams, I think, in two seasons. Uh, she got Gotham Knights out twice, and I think she took the bruise out. I want to say before before the Knights and in, uh, in season two, that would have been
0: yeah. Um, Derry Henry in the in the cold weather. You got DeAndre Hopkins, Monra St. Brown. Plenty of big stars to put up big numbers.
1: All right. Well, should we get into some of these uh the matchups?
0: Can't wait, because we're up first. Let me hear about our stats.
1: <laughs> all right. Winterfaces are at the popular bowlers this week. Uh, the winter faces have dominated the bowlers in the past. They've won all five of their pre- prior matchups. Uh, which means actually, you guys have played each other twice in the regular season every year. So that's kind of a statistical wow. oddity, I think. Um, not sure how random these schedules really are. <laughs> uh, Winterfaces are coming in on a two game win streak while the Ballers lost their last matchup to the Gotham Knights. It was not even close. Hmm. Um, let's see. Looking at your schedule, this is kind of your last freebie game. I think you have Gotham Knights up next, Marley Magics, and the God Kings. So if you're looking to hold on to your buy spot, I would assume this would be a kind of a must win for you.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrifying matchup. The third seed, fourth seed and fifth seed all on the docket. All of them still have the chance to pass me up. So like you said, very, very important game for the winner faces and we are not taking our current second position. Uh, what do you say for granted? That's how, that's how the saying goes. Um a, Humongous performance from Justin Fields and really the whole team. I mentioned last week that uh, we were using the playoff odds as motivation in the locker room and that it was Justin Fields' first start and everything went even better than I could have possibly expected. QB1 on the week, 40 plus points, leading the team to victory versus the Pit Kings. Uh, so we'll see if he can maintain his starting position now that Joe Burrow is back from his bye tough decisions for the winner faces general manager on the other side, the popular ballers with a, another brutal loss at the running back position. Khalil Herbert was just placed on IR here on Tuesday afternoon. You have to imagine with the three, that uh, running backs that are already on uh, injured reserve, Javante Williams, Brees Hall and JK Dobbins, and now adding Khalil Herbert to that mix, uh, the four stallions that will lead the popular ballers to a 2023 championship, <laughs> but for now, we just hope that they have the time to fully recover and recuperate. You do wonder, as the popular ballers, can, ballers continue to look for their fourth win, tying a franchise high, you do wonder if they might be looking ahead to week 12 for their second matchup of the season versus Drive rival touchdown to an Abbey. They got a win versus the Abbey early in the season, and I think that might be when they get their fourth win of the year. Should be a fun one, though.
1: Yeah, that matchup circled on our calendars for for many reasons. Um... <laughs> The other things, no, I think this is, might be our last game without Deshaun Watson. Was it week 12 that his suspension was? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't pay, realize if uh, I heard for a while they might be extending it, but I never saw any more. No,
0: they did. he um, was just allowed back into the Cleveland Browns training facility this week, and he will be able to play his first game versus um, his former team, the Houston Texans, in week 13. So, yeah, maybe a little bit of magic down the stretch up Deshaun Watson's sleeve. Um, I think more realistically, it's good that he'll be able to get some games down the stretch of the season here and hopefully get back into playing for him. It's been nearly two years since Deshaun Watson last played a playoff game, and uh, for fantasy purposes, you'd like to see him locked into one of those starting positions next season. So, yeah, more excitement than just the the young running backs. We've got the quarterback, of course, too. Sorry to... Keep talking about the ballers, uh, but the Cooper Cup injury this week, a major blow to the popular ballers as they consider their, um, what the, the future of their franchise looks like heading into 2023. Um, he lands on the IR and may, as a result, stay on the popular ballers for next year. It'll be interesting to see if any contenders make a uh, an attempt to buy Cooper Cup and hope he gets healthy for the playoff stretch. Um, but it's not all negative again. Cole Komet, huge game from him 25. Uh, I was about and a half to points. say, I had
1: him noted down. We've kind of become a, a tight end harvesting center. Uh, <laughs> harvesting center, what are you harvesting? <laughs> Look at my roster, points, I guess. <laughs> I guess for other teams, maybe we can trade him out, but um, I think I'm gonna start three, if not four, of them next week. I have Cole Komet, uh, I think it's the Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I think I got his name right. Yeah, has been one of my most dependable players. Kyle Pitts has not been great, but he's still in the position for now. Yeah, Hayden Leading Hurst somebody been... out. I think I have the Titans tight end Hooper. Does that sound right? Okay, yeah,
0: yeah, you do have Austin Hooper. That's right. Yeah, he's been pretty quiet this year. But like you said, Hayden Hurst has been quietly reliable. Um, I knew he'd had some solid games, but I'm just looking at his game log. And he scored double digits in all but three weeks. And in one of those weeks, he was at 9.9. 9. So yeah, he's putting up very solid numbers and is really locked in that that flex spot behind Pitts and or Komet. So uh, you have to imagine this is the week that Kyle Pitts breaks out against Chicago's defense. They've been letting people score points in bunches against them. And uh, once Arthur Smith finally takes the reins off Marcus Mariota and lets him throw 30 times a game, I think Kyle Pitts is going to get about 10 of those targets and probably 30 fantasy points. So if that's this week, could be trouble for the winner faces.
1: We have both of my first-round draft picks uh, in our matchup. So, you know, lowering uh, – but well, whoever loses is going to raise the value of that pick potentially. So, ball <laughs> that's, in either way. That's true. That's true. You don't mind either, either team losing. Yeah. All right. Any final notes on this one?
0: Uh, no, I just wish for a good game and a speedy recovery for all of your superstars on the injured reserve. Tough luck for the popular ballers. Probably worse injury luck than any other team this year.
1: Very nice of you to say. All right. Next matchup, we have uh, the God Kings at the Matriarchs. These teams in the past have a tied uh, all-time record of 2-2. and Both teams are only on a one-game streak. The God Kings lost their last game, and the Matriarchs picked up a win. So, looks like both these teams, Brady, or not both these teams, but both these dual GMs Brady and Zach for the God Kings are going to really want this win if they're going to challenge Wyatt for that buy spot.
0: Yeah, a really tough week for the God Kings this past week. Uh, It seems like their their front office is handling it in stride, though, recognizing that there are many high highs and many low lows in fantasy. Um, They played the Marley Magic close. I believe it's the closest game of week 10, only losing by around 14 points. Um, Things got off to a rough start. On Thursday night with Cordero Patterson, only having a few points. Um, he's looked great this year when healthy and should have plenty of great weeks ahead of him. They made great decisions at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill and Kirk Cousins, with some solid numbers. And uh, surely we're happy to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' offense get rolling. Though hoping we kept 11 here uh, to start much better. Then week 10, they'll have at least one quarterback playing as the Titans take on the Packers. Maybe they'll start both Thursday night quarterbacks. We'll see. And we'll get some Rogers versus Tannehill action. Uh, the God Kings still very much in the hunt for the number two seed, though. They are right there with points scored. And like you said, we still have a matchup in week 14 between the God Kings and the Winterfaces. faces. And so they can get that game back on their own. Uh, they, don't, they aren't relying on any other teams to help them. This one should be very close. Uh, Vegas projects it to be a 50-50 matchup. And uh, that mirrors, like you said, the all-time series being two and two. Two teams who have been consistently toward the top of the CGF standings in its three-year history. Two teams who have made the playoffs. And uh, on the other side, we were talking about the Matrix earlier. They had some pretty rough quarterback play. They've had some pretty rough quarterback play all year after trading away Justin Herbert. Um, But it seems like a good trade. Herbert hasn't been the superstar. I mean, he's been a quality player, but not near the superstar that people expected him to be coming into the season. And uh, if they can get some consistency from these wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Tyler Boyd, DeAndre Hopkins, then you expect great things. Uh, should be an exciting return for Matt Ryan to the starting lineup, you think. Well, uh, I shouldn't speak out of turn. We'll see. <laughs> but um, Matt Ryan's explosion for a rushing touchdown and 18 or 19 points last week has to give the matriarchs front office a tough decision on who to start as we head into this week.
1: And these two franchises are the only two to make the semifinals both years. Wow. That's another interesting thing. Nobody They never finished below... Well, maybe in standings, but the nerve finished below yeah. fourth place, and the uh, the way it all pans out in the end. So, with both a healthy, have known success.
0: Yeah, with a healthy and um, newly traded Kadarius Tony, too, you have to imagine the God Kings are well on their way back. He should be putting up 30 points, 30 point weeks every week the rest of the way. That's why it's take. He put up 19 and only 44% of the snaps. So, give him a full workload, which he might see with Juju Smith Schuster and uh, MVS's injuries and he might carry this team all the the way to the championship.
1: All right, any final notes on this one before we move on?
0: No, uh, are you going to make a claim about your game of the week? Is this your game of the week?
1: I'm holding out on mine. I'm I'm holding out, out too. Oh, (laughs) Oh, can't wait, can't wait. All right, next matchup, we have the Marley Magic visiting the Rocky Mountain Mooses. These teams have only played once um, early in the season when the Marley Magic beat the Mooses. Uh Mario and Magic are riding an impressive four game win streak. It's the highest win streak currently active in our league. I think it's the second highest of the season owing to the Brews um opening uh streak they had. I don't remember if that ended up being seven, six, seven, eight. Uh, not important. It was less than or more than four. So I think it was seven. I think it was seven. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah Mooses have uh continued to sell off pieces. I think mid game last night during the Monday night game, they put uh <laughs> the Washington uh, running back I as soon as he scored Robinson. a touchdown, <laughs>
0: as soon as he scored the touchdown, trying to capitalize on the market.
1: Yeah. So it looks like they're continuing that trend uh, and might've given up on this season for, for future. Um, yeah. future boost. Yeah. They, um,
0: uh, I guess it's the elephant in the room. We got to talk about it here. We talked about tanking on last week's show a little bit and how exciting it was that no teams had committed to the tank. We talked about how the Mooses had flirted with it. And then week 10, Kyler Murray uh, had, was kind of a uh, – maybe I just missed it, but was a late add to the injury report with a hamstring issue. And then uh, it seemed pretty clear Saturday night into Sunday morning that he was not going to play, but he stayed as a starter in the Rocky Mountain Mooses lineup – They could have substituted Kenny Pickett in, but uh, I don't know. I know uh, the Mooses are involved in several different leagues. Maybe they were unaware, but they took the zero with Kyler Murray instead of substituting in Kenny Pickett. It would not have mattered. Uh, I did add Pickett's point total to the matchup last week to see if it would have affected the result, and it would not have mattered. But maybe our first blatant, blatant attempt at a tank. We'll see what the commissioner has to say about that.
1: Something to uh, keep an eye on, for
0: sure. Something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Also interesting, Brian Robinson is a rookie. <laughs> and they're already, uh, as you say, looking to future years, putting a rookie on the trading block. He's obviously not part of that team's future. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Very um, tough week for the Mooses, even if they were trying to put together a starting roster. Trevor Lawrence on a bye. Jalen Wadwell on a, why, on a bye. DK Metcalf on a bye. Mike Sicki on a bye. Jay Judy. Oh, I can't read any of these names. I'm looking like Tim Heidrecker up here. Uh, Jay Judy with a thankfully mild ankle sprain as he continues his ascendant career to be the uh, best wide receiver hit in the AFC West. We'll see what kind of a lineup they put together. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see more. I don't want to say, say, say zeros. I don't know that they'll throw out players that are injured, but um, you, you look at the types of players that they do have playing and you might get somebody like Samaje Pirine or Matt Breida, these backup running backs who have no promised guaran- uh, guaranteed playing time. Alexander Madison uh, trot those types of guys out to get a few points, not because of an active tank, but just because of a lack of options elsewhere. And needing to start some players. Uh on the other side, the Marley Magic, they were uh they've been the story of the season outside of the brews. They go into this one currently with an 80% chance to win. Again, the Mooses have yet to update their lineup because of the buys. So that chance will probably go down. But uh the Magic just have more and more reasons to be excited. Christian Watson, the one remaining player on the magic taxi pops off for 32.7 points, three touchdowns after a slow start to their draft in year one, their rookie draft selecting Tua attack in the first round and Jalen Rieger in the second round, the magic have seemingly hit on every single draft pick um, even uh, later picks in that first draft. Um, they drafted Travis. Uh, I keep, missing failing to remember which uh, etn brother they have travis or trevor because the other one plays for florida so sorry i promise i'm not this stupid but um travis etn kenneth walker uh, and Tua has been a huge hit this year obviously with mike mcdaniel coaching so um christian watson can he be enough to carry the magic to the championship you have to think that they're one of the top contenders after such a solid season
1: I'm very excited to see how at the end of their season pans out. Um, I'd have to go back to look at the exact score. But if I remember right in year one, I think if they had started some different players in the game that they were eliminated by the Matriarchs, they would have won that game. And then they outscored both the Matriarchs and the Gotham Knights in the actual championship week. So they were very close to being our first champion.
0: I uh, I'd forgotten about that, but I do remember reviewing those standings and thinking that's exactly right because um, the Brews had a similar situation where they, in year one, um, if they would have earned a bye, I can't remember the exact details, but they had to play in round one um, because they failed to earn a bye that first year. And if they would have earned the bye, then they would have also likely made it to the championship um, if not won it outright. So yeah, it's, it's small margins in this league. Uh, one also, think... th- sorry, I keep talking over you. But I just, one more note I want to throw out: the Ma- Magic, on top of having this young rising team that seems contending for the the top this year, uh, they also have two first round picks, much like your team does. So uh, they're just going to continue to reload and build out an exciting roster.
1: Scary for the rest of the league. Yeah. All right. Any final notes for Magic Mooses?
0: No, I'm just excited to see how many points the Magic can run up on the Mooses. <laughs> I got nothing against the Mooses, but you have to wonder about the integrity of the game when they, start, <laughs> when they start Kyler Murray over Kenny Pickett.
1: That's the responsibility of all of us in the league, so good for it's you exactly to be concerned. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, matchup for this week, we have the Pit Kings visiting touchdowns in Abbey. Um, this was a surprise to me that the series record all time between these two teams is four to one in favor of Touchdown to Abby. Wow, which I would not have guessed it would uh, have been that much of a blowout, but um, Pit Kings are entering this matchup on a three game losing streak, while Touchdown to Abby is entering on a four game losing streak. So, somebody's going to break that this week. Um, And because of that, and because I think this is kind of both these teams' final shot this season, the season on the line is what I wrote in my notes here, (laughs) Uh, this is my game of the week.
0: How about that? Uh, Two weeks in a row, we've got the same game of the week, and this is not planned ahead of time, folks. I also think there are a lot of good candidates for game of the week yet. Uh, You've got this one, the the Matriarchs-God Kings matchup, and then the fifth matchup, which we'll talk about here in a minute, all could be games of the week. But yeah, like you said, the season is on the line. Who's going to step up? This is your pick for the sixth seed and the touchdown to (laughs) Nabi versus my pick for the sixth seed. So a little bit of pride on the line for the hosts as well. Touchdown to Nabi uh, called out their players publicly (laughs) this week, saying after uh, their loss in Week 10 that their players are tanking without the front office's consent. <laughs> we'll see how the players respond. Uh, Josh Allen has had a couple of rough weeks le- recently against the the, uh, the Jets, and then the Vikings had a few turnovers. But he still is, without a doubt, um, one of, if not the most valuable asset in fantasy. It's going to be a tough week for them. They're currently projected to to lose to the, the Kings, but they've got to make some corrections because of bye weeks. Um, but two of their players that are on by are two of their um, biggest stars, and Leonard Fournette and Tyreek Kill. That said, um Dawson Knox and George Kittle, Matt Collins, and Curtis Samuel, these are guys who can carry your team far into the playoffs. So you have to think that the uh, the touchdown to NAB will not give up easily. And uh Jared Goff, in his first start for the for the touchdown to Abbey, put up a very solid, very typical Jared Goff-like start, putting up 14.84 points, but every point is valuable. On the other side, the Pit Kings get Lamar Jackson healthy, back from a bye, and playing a Carolina defense, I expect at least 30 points from him. Jimmy Garoppolo should carve up the Arizona Cardinals defense, and if they can get solid quarterback play, you know that the other stars will shine brightly. Uh, TJ Hawkinson should have two touchdowns and six receptions. Gabe Davis should have three touchdowns and 10 receptions. Maybe that's a bit carried away. I'll say six receptions on three touchdowns. He doesn't need many catches to get the touchdowns. And uh, Eno Benjamin freshly arrived to Houston, probably not actually physically even in Houston yet. Uh, we'll get some exciting passing work to compliment Damian Pierce. I think as the pickings, you've got to be pretty excited for the back, the future. Uh, of the houston texans backfield between those two
1: yeah and rob and me might have our differences but um i I really do respect the way that he doesn't even consider tanking at any point Uh, at least he didn't in year one if i remember right because he had an easy lead on that and then uh, i believe either the flaming hot cheetahs or poppier ballers either passed them or made a might might have both passed them that year yeah, um,
0: I believe they did because they were both very aggressively tanking. We had to start talking about what was a fair. <laughs> uh, that's what, what started what was, the, that whole debacle, huh? Yeah, block
1: off.
0: yeah. Um, it's. I forgot just how bad the Abbey were in year one. Um, you mentioned that that uh, was it four and one record all time that Abbey lead. Uh, so they've just had a, the pickings have just had a tough time with Abbey. They must just not match up well. But I think this is a good week for them to get some revenge. Um, it's also it also that also means that they have played each other twice every season, just like you and I have, huh? Because the be Super yep. Six matchup, you're
1: right. They must have. They m- the they, other uh, Pickings have never made playoffs, so they didn't meet up there. Yeah. So that that may uh those may maybe the only two
0: matchups that have ever played each other twice in the regular season every year. I don't know. It'd be interesting to run some numbers and crunch the data. It would be.
1: All right. Any final notes on our game of the week? It's a beautiful matchup. That's one final note I'll add.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, excited to see the teams take the field. A contrast in styles. You've got the young, slick pickings versus the old, wise, classic look of touchdown to nabby. Um We'll see. Who's the home team in this matchup? Do you have that up in front of you right now?
1: Yeah, it's touchdown to Uh um, Unless they... Uh, a uh, suggestion comes in from Rob. They'll be wearing uh, brown helmet jerseys with their yellow pants. And Pit Kings are wearing white up-top blue pants.
0: Wow. Well, I I, uh, I said last week that I like the Pitkings to get the six seed, but I got to retract that That look. The Pitt Kings traveling to Touchdown to Navi. I have to think Touchdown to Navi run away <laughs> with this one. 40-point win for Touchdown to Navi.
1: Yeah, whoever wins this is who I'm – like hitching my wagon to to cheer for to catch uh, the, the 6 seed spot because I think the winner of this matchup is going to be the only team that has a real chance to do so. Yeah,
0: both on big loss streaks too. Uh, four, four losses straight for the Abbey and three losses straight for the, the pickings. If you can believe it, uh, four weeks ago, touchdown to Abbey sat one game above the Marley Magic in the standings, and it has been um, opposite directions for both those teams. Six and four for the Magic now, three and seven for the Abbey
1: wow <laughs> wow wow all right on to uh our final matchup of the week this uh this week like you said there's a lot of good matchups something for everyone if you like <laughs> to see the the big boys go at it this is the matchup for you it may have possibly the least effect on our standings uh with the brews unlikely to fall out of one i think gotham's pretty much secured a playoff spot uh while still a bit out of the uh away from the second bias, so may not mean much in that regard but it could be a preview of our, our championship potentially um old-time record between these two co-hosts and the quarter bowl rivals is two to one in favor of the brews the brews are on a three-game win streak while the gotham knights are fresh off the kill um after annihilating popular ballers last week and their first victory that was less than 200 points but they they were still up there i think they had a 180 something Is it ended up being yeah that sounds right
0: Uh, this is, you start getting here late in the season. And if you're a team like the Gotham Knights sitting at five and five, uh, and fifth in the standings, you start kind of doing some, especially when we have a dominant team this year, like the Bruce Matthews, and you start kind of trying to wiggle your way around the standings, figure out where exactly you want to land so you can avoid them in the bracket. They might be able, though, uh, I don't know if the Gotham Knights should be scared of of anyone because they, they might be able to just beat them outright this week and in the playoffs. We've talked about their immense talent despite their underperforming um, stand, uh, uh, record so far. Another front office that is fed up with its players, um, specifically Russell Wilson, the Gotham Knights general manager, Hunter Hollis, went on record to say that Russell Wilson is facing suspension. <laughs> um not for his behavior, but for his poor play. I believe that's the first time I've ever seen a player in any league or sport be suspended for bad play. So we'll see if he learns his lesson on the bench of the Gotham Knights. That means they're going to be trotting out Daniel Jones versus the, versus the Detroit Lions defense, a defense that gave up 40 points to Justin Fields. I wouldn't be surprised to see Daniel G- Jones put up 50 himself this week. Another running quarterback that is dangerous throwing the ball and running the ball in Brian Dable's offense. Otherwise, Josh Jacobs should get back on track despite Denver having the best defense in the league. Josh Jacobs has been transcendent. He has been untouchable. He should be putting up 30 points this week. And so that said, I fully expect the Gotham Knights to be well over 200, but I'm not sure that means anything. I was thrilled with my team's performance this week, and it's uh, very discouraging to then check the scoreboard and still see that the Bruce Matthews are scoring more points than anyone else in the league. <laughs> in what seems like a down week for him. I had the quarterback one and the quarterback two on the week in scoring, I had the tight end four, I had the wide receiver number one. I had two RBs that scored in the top 12 at their position, and none of it mattered because the Bruce Matthews are a steam of fire and ice, I don't know what I'm saying, but they're all the um, scary elements here to destroy us all. So uh, I think this might be the week that we see 300 points broken. Jalen Hurts versus the Indianapolis Colts defense should be putting up big numbers. We'll see what they do with the second quarterback position. Jameis Winston uh, might start. And against a bad Rams team, even though they have a good defense, he might put up some gaudy numbers. And if he and Kamara combine on a couple of short touchdown receptions, this one might be a a score for the ages. So excited to see just how high this shootout goes. Uh, Calls to mind the matchup that we saw at the end of last season between the Brews and the Abbey. I don't even think they were playing each other, but um, the – second seed heading into the playoffs was going to be decided by points scored and we saw two of the highest point totals in corporate global fantasy history from both teams and uh, i wouldn't be surprised to see something like that again this week
1: yeah if you're worried about your your team's firepower especially a wide receiver (laughs) a conversation you may need to have after the show
0: sounds good it's a It's always fun when you get those trades where the player is already in like the opposing dugout, you know, where they're like already in town to practice and they just walk across. Just send the, them across the hall. Yeah. Uh, across, across the, the hall. <laughs> yeah. Different locker room or walk across the field and get put a new jersey on. That's always fun. So maybe we'll, we'll see. Who knows?
1: All right. Any final notes on that last matchup before we move on?
0: Uh, No, other than I, I am excited to see how high-scoring of fantasy football can be.
1: All right. Well, we teased a, a conversation last week about the median. So I kind of wanted to start that conversation by asking you, what are your thoughts on the median? You were neutral when we voted on it in the off season, <laughs> but went with the, went with the majority um, to keep the peace. Do you still feel neutral towards it? Have you grown to like it? Do you hate it? What are your your thoughts on where you stand with that now?
0: Yeah, I I would even call myself in, I liked having the median, I believe. I can't remember who proposed the idea of the median before year two, but it may have been me. And if it wasn't me, I was one of its biggest proponents. A lot of backroom chatter among owners about how, It seemed like it was the big dogs just trying to boss their way around. And uh, it did, in fact, benefit one of the big dogs most last year in um, Bruce Matthews. They really struggled in the win-loss column, but uh, because of the median were able to secure the bye over the the, uh, touchdown to Nabby last year. This year, though... um, I've been shocked by how little it's done to the standings. Like you said, I went along with it at first just because it's what most people wanted and I didn't want to didn't care strongly enough to argue. Plus, I won my championship. So who cares? Let the people win now. Um, but it's been it's been great. It's exciting to uh to watch the I like the numbers, like you say, like five and five at this point in the season sounds way better than 10 and 10 or 12 and 8 or whatever it may be. It seems normal. Um, it's also exciting that. You know, it's, you just, you, you get your one chance. You got to put everything on the line to beat the team that's lining up on the other side of the field, put a helmet on a helmet and beat your man. So um, I, uh, in all sincerity though, I've been surprised by how little it's actually done to the standings. Um, You posted the most recent update um, earlier today, Tuesday, and the only real significant change uh, it was that the, the Gotham Knights would be the three seed and would be much closer to getting that that buy than they currently are um, again still not out of the question especially if they beat bruise this week but all that to say I like the way the numbers look I'm sure it's easier for record keeping and seeing how little it's actually affected I like that there's more randomness that it allows teams to just kind of get hot and most surprising I guess too is that it doesn't affect the matrix standings one bit they've been the lowest scoring team by a healthy margin and they would still be in the playoffs so all that to say, I think it seems pretty good.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, well, obviously, I think I was maybe the only dissenter in year two. I know I didn't want it, not that I was a participant in the league beyond uh, historian and jersey commissioner at the time. But um, yeah, from the get-go, I didn't like it because of the way the standings looked. I thought it's just a step closer to playing like most points for wins. Um, and it's just kind of removing the fun chance element. The game is all about just putting yourself in the, the best Position for chance to to decide ultimately, but you can make moves to increase your chances. But the, nothing's a guarantee, and I think that's kind of how it should be. Um, yeah. just as a fan, and I kind of see myself again this season as a fan because I don't think my team's going to have much to do with how this all plays <laughs> out. But um, it's fun to not know for sure. You know who's even in the playoffs yet, much less who's won the buy. Um, looking at the median standings this year, though, I don't. I'd have to go back and look last year, but I feel like things were more decided already because of the median last year. Like, like you said, there isn't that much difference this year and I don't know if we just got lucky with how it all played out or, or unlucky last year, but.
0: Yeah, I do feel like we'd still have the same questions at this point in the season with the median standings as without. Um, so the, the two through five seeds would all be, um, they'd be within two games of each other with the median between 13 and seven and 11 and nine. So that'd still be close much like it is in the current standings. And then I guess there'd be a bit of a distinction between the bottom four teams, but again, you still really only have the matriarchs and then probably the winner of touchdown to Nappy versus pit Kings contending for that six spot. So I think really you end up with most of the same storylines um, as you, uh, as you would without the median, and this week, week ten, we had the top five scores were the were the winners of the matchups too. So I think more often than not, you do end up with scenarios like that. It's just very rarely you get a team who runs very unlucky.
1: But. Right, and I was I was worried too uh, when we decided to switch back to this this year. Um, how the brews in particular, because I know Spicer didn't want it to come back. Uh, they're they to go medianless for it to go away. I guess just I should say. Yeah. Um, so I was worried about how it affected his performance, but you know, he's safely on top, whether you, you know, go <laughs> with or without it, just literally just doubled his, his current record. So.
0: Yeah. I was shocked to see that he had a loss against the median. We said that he'd had a couple of disappointing, um, performances the past four or five weeks, but I didn't know that he was ever in the bottom five scores for the week. That's insane.
1: you would know, have to go back and, and look at when that, when that was, I, it's been on there for a while. Cause I think he had one loss in the, those standings before he did in the regular standings but I remember right but. Oh, okay i'm looking back well no i thought i found it in week four
0: but anyway this is bad radio let's uh, <laughs> I, I got a question for you though and this is off okay. the cuff we didn't rehearse this so i'm curious to see what you have to say uh early on you printed off your team roster for your father to follow along with the popular ballers has he uh have you talked to him at all about the team's performance has he asked about how you're doing or What's the latest thing?
1: He's kept up with it. I have a, uh, I have our schedule printed out on my parents' fridge, and I update the win-loss <laughs> that we even my mom asks like, "Are we winning this?" Oh, week? Or whatever. That's and, awesome. Um, I, and I have a whiteboard. I don't know if you remember the last real yeah. NFL playoffs, I was drawing like the matchups on the whiteboard. So I've been doing that every week, so they they at least know who we're playing. But um, as far as following like individual players on our team and stuff, he didn't really get into that as much as I as I thought he might. Um, back when we were having our our quarterback issues. Um, yeah. i like trying to find someone to start he just kept telling me you ought to pick up uh brady's backup i can't even remember the guy's name he's like he's really old so he might get hurt and then you'll have to. <laughs> that's, that's not going to help me this week because he's not injured right now but
0: uh, i like that you've got some advisors there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so not the best advice but uh, are they
0: how have they handled the popular ballers rough season are they uh have they kind of given up interest or are they still they still checking in they still want the they're, team they're to still fight checking in I,
1: I warned them beforehand, you know, that this might not be a, a championship winning, winning year. So, um, but it's been fun just to have that kind of out to, for everybody to follow. So nice. Hopefully lifelong fans. Uh, <laughs> <so> we're, we're...
0: <laughs> you have to think that they're scouting the 2023 rookies. They're starting to watch college uh, games on Saturday and dreaming of who the popular ballers might be picking with their two first round picks.
1: Right, yeah. Traditionally, my dad's more of a college football fan. That's what he's more like. I can actually, sit down and and watch. So maybe I'll put him in charge of just finding, uh, <laughs> finding the new ballers for us.
0: If you uh, if you can't get your dad, you need to hire away the scouts from the Marley Magic. Man, they know they know talent <laughs> when they see it. Incredible,
1: like yeah, a good, good farm system over there. Yeah, they do. Well, it feels good to get um, second episode under our belts. We're kind of grizzled veterans now. I don't know about you, but last episode, I for some reason, when we were having our meeting before we started, I was chugging a Mountain Dew Energy or Mountain Dew Rise. I think they recently rebranded. So by the time we were recording, my heart was just pounding. I'm just a little more relaxed tonight. So
0: yeah, I'm open to any criticism. After the first episode, I think you could only say nice things, and uh, very grateful grateful to Brady for helping spread the word about our podcast. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now I'm open to any criticisms. Please let me know what I what I need to be doing better.
1: All right. Any final notes before we sign off?
0: No, uh, I'm excited for the Titans versus Packers matchup on Thursday. And uh, hopefully the Titans get the version of the Packers that looks terrible. I have to think given how dominant the Titans defense has been, uh, we see more of the early season Packers than we do the last week Packers where they they beat the cowboys and scored 31 points so i think uh, i'm feeling pretty good about the titans chances and given how putrid the rest of the afc south is i don't think it'll be that big of a deal if we lose but it's always nice to get the thursday game out of the way get a win out of the way and then be able to just watch your fantasy players on sunday and have a good day so go is titans. it in
1: green in green bay
0: it is that's the bad news oh.
1: but well, in that, my but mind, i hope we get snow yeah,
0: well, that's a good point. I feel like the Titans are more of a cold weather team. Well, I guess the Packers run the ball a lot, but I feel like that whole Vrabel mentality of just like playing tough defense is, and, and running Derrick Henry is good for cold weather. So we'll see.
1: All right. Well, everyone, thank you for for tuning in and we hope you join us next week. Wish everybody good luck in the matchups and have a good rest of your day or night.